Winning's hard. Really, really hard. Well, if you're waiting on Sark's statement win, going to have to keep on waiting. Texas falling to number four, TCU 17 to 10, despite being a touchdown favorite, despite being at home, despite having every recruit in the state of Texas there. Even college game day was there. Even Justin Tucker was there, Westcott. But the offense did not show up. A devastating loss for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. Yeah, winning is hard uh, when you can't get anything going offensively, uh, especially on the ground. Frustrating day uh, for Bijan Robinson in the running game. Only 12 carries for Bijan, 29 yards, uh, 2.4 yards per carry for him, uh, 2.8 yards per carry uh, for Roshan Johnson. Uh, Texas on first downs really struggled running the football. 10 rushing attempts on first down, uh, two yards per carry, and uh, – you know, that kind of thing, especially uh, when you add in your quarterback having uh, 22 incomplete passes. Uh, Texas ended up in, in a situation where they uh, went one for 13 on, on third downs, uh, average down and distance to go, uh, 10.3 yards. Uh, nine of those 14 third downs were nine yards or more. Texas didn't convert a single one of those. Uh, three for 10 passing for 25 yards for Quinn Ewers on third down. Uh, just, uh, you know, really a mess for the offense when they finally were able to get things going in the second half. Two red zone drives only came away with three points. And, uh, you know, we talked about last week how important it is to be able to score touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, Texas couldn't do that. And uh, for as well as the defense played, a couple of mistakes ended up being the difference in the game. Texas haven't scored a touchdown offense since the Iowa State game. The only touchdown Texas put up was a fumble, courtesy of Max Duggan. If in not the second for that, half. The second half. If not for that, it would have been um, wouldn't have been 17 10. The game would have been over with a lot earlier before that. So Westcott, what is wrong with the Texas offense? Yeah, well, I think um, you know, it was uh kind of strange uh in this game, you know. Sarkeesian has been so good with his opening script, uh, coming out, being able to score early in games. Uh, he struggled to make those second half adjustments previously, uh, leading to those struggles that you just mentioned. And that, you know, certainly been a, a major theme of um, this season and, and even going back to last season. You know, I think, um, you know, what really happened in this game was that TCU sold out even more than some of the other teams that Texas faced recently uh, to be able to stop the run. Uh, the safeties were coming down really aggressively. Uh, the Texas offensive line wasn't really able to get to the second level and uh, deal uh, with the TCU linebackers and able to create any space. Uh, that put Texas in a situation where, um, you know, they really needed uh, to either do what Sark did in the second half and, and spread out a little bit more, stop trying to play it in a phone booth uh, with some of their heavier personnel packages, uh, run from uh, you know tight bunch formations. Uh, they're able to get the ball out on the perimeter. Uh, Jordan Whittington had some success in that. Uh, they were able to find Jatavian Sanders at times, um, but you know really uh, what ended up happening in, in the first half and especially uh, early in the game, uh, Quinn Ewers started 0 for 7 through an interception on his eighth pass. Uh, just not enough early in the game that that made things easy for Quinn Ewers. Um, you know with TCU really playing one on one coverage, they were inviting. Texas to try to take shots down the field. Uh, once again, uh, Quinn Ewers wasn't able to connect on those. 
Uh, you know, I thought Xavier Worthy looked like he was even more frustrated in this game than he has been in some recent games. Had a pass early that I don't think he really went all out for, uh, trying to catch over the middle. Um, he had another pass. Um, I think it might have been about uh, the the seventh um, incompletion from Ewers or so, the maybe the fifth or sixth. Uh, called the slot fade, you know, trying to get one of those plays down the field. Uh, allowed, you know, Josh Newton to just the TCU cornerback uh, to just body him towards the sideline, and you know that was a pass that that I thought uh, Quinn actually delivered pretty well. It was a, it was a catchable ball, um, unlike a lot of the the throws downfield that that Ewers has been making. That you know just haven't even really been in the vicinity of of uh, worthy. Uh, and Worthy just didn't fight for his positioning and the, the ball ended up, um, you know, hitting uh, pretty close to him. And so I think, uh, you know, he's he's got to be able to keep his frustration in check um, and keep playing hard during games. Um, you know, I thought there were, you know, some throws that were straight up dropped, uh, some throws, some, you know, combination of just some inaccuracy uh, from Quinn Ewers. He had, you know, the one that, that Worthy didn't go up for. He was just a little bit happy with his feet. Um, the first throw of the game, uh, he had an extra hitch. The ball was late coming out, uh, just a little bit underthrown and got broken up. Um, you know, I thought the, the one to Sanders, uh, he threw it uh, back at the top of his drop and Sanders was wide open enough that he, he could have taken a hitch to get him in rhythm through it low. Uh, that was trying to come off the goal line. Sanders, you know, normally comes up with that play, but, you know, that should have been, you know, probably a 30, 40 yard gain that would have, you know, flipped the field, maybe allowed Texas, uh, you know, to get a little bit of momentum offensively. Uh, there are a couple other drops, you know, the the similar issue of just not having enough depth at, at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, only a couple targets for other guys. Tariq Milton um, had a target. Uh, he caught the ball out of bounds. Jaleel Billingsley uh, had a target that he dropped. You know, otherwise, only guys that had catches were, were uh, Sanders, Whittington, and, and Worthy. And so, you know, I think some of this conservatism um, and, and playing heavier personnel packages uh, and, and really wanted, wanting to, to compress everything uh, right on, on the ends of the line of scrimmage, you know, outside of those uh, Texas tackles is really a result of uh, just the, the lack of diversity available for Steve Sarkeesian with the lack of the lack of depth at wide receiver, the lack of, you know, contributions from guys like Billingsley and Gunnar Helm um, in the passing game. And, and that's really just not making Texas a very dynamic offense. And so I think, you know, it's, sort of a hard thing i've been spending the last you know couple of days like trying to wrap my head around this um you know with a freshman a richard freshman quarterback uh with the youth on on the offensive line even you know some you know the skill positions jatavian sanders is a guy that's played a lot sophomore you know xavier worthy also a sophomore um you know Sarge has, has produced some some impressive results uh given the deficiencies of this offense um but i, I thought he was he was way too slow to adjust in this game um he didn't have a good game plan coming into it. Um, I think I didn't see exactly what, what Rod Baber said, but I, I saw it paraphrase. Um, and he was talking about, you know, Sark's ability as a, as a play designer um, is really strong, uh, but his ability, you know, as a play caller um, is often really lacking, especially uh, with his creativity, you know, in, in the second half of games. And, you know, I think that's uh, something, you know, to watch moving forward because it's a difficult load to be able to be uh, the play caller and then still manage uh, the other aspects of the program that are necessary uh, to be a, a successful head coach at this level. Are you worried about Quinn yours? 
I am a little bit worried about him. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that he needs to clean up his footwork a little bit. Um, I think, you know, especially for guys who who have a lot of arm talent who are young, um, I think that can be difficult for them because it's easy, you know, to just default in, into some of the off-platform throws um, when it's not really necessary. You know, he has some issues with, um, you know, the ball uh, sailing on him a little bit. I'm not sure if that's as much with his footwork as just something um, where he doesn't have a lot of margin for air uh, when he drops down with some of the sidearm deliveries and that kind of natural low arm slot that he likes. And I didn't think that he really, um, you know, responded particularly well mentally in this game. And, you know, that's kind of been a, a trend where there's uh, been a, a steady deterioration of his performance um, over the last few weeks. And, you know, Kansas has, frankly, has a, a bad defense. Um, they're opportunistic creating turnovers. Um, but I, I think, you know, this is a game where, you know, he really needs to get right. Or, um, you know, I think Steve Sarkeesian really needs uh, to think about, you know, giving Hudson Card a chance if, if viewers, you know, is struggling and doesn't show, you know, the resiliency that he needs to bounce back. Um, you know, I think the expectations uh, for him, you know, in general, and especially after his strong start, you know, the way he played against Alabama, the way he played against Oklahoma, uh, maybe, you know, a little bit unfairly high right now uh, because of his talent. And, you know, he's still, he's still young. He still missed a lot of reps. There's the deficiencies in the offense that I, that I mentioned. Um, he's in a, he's in a system where, you know, he doesn't have as many options on a lot of plays. You know, you look at a lot of these shot plays, you know, to Xavier Worthy, you know, a lot of times, you know, that's that's really his main read. And then there's maybe one other player in the route tree because, you know, Texas is max protecting, you yeah. know, trying to avoid yeah. sacks. And, you know, I think they may have to, you know, take the training real, wheels off a little bit and, and be able to rely you know, on the offensive line to hold up a little bit better. Certainly, you know, they've done that pretty well on the edges. Uh, but Cole Hudson, you know, had a tough game uh, lined up across a good player and Dylan uh, Dylan Horton, you know, he got beat on, on that first sack early in the, early in the game. You know, he had some other tr uh, struggles. And that's, a you know, a situation where, you know, maybe a running back can help, but, you know, the running back, you know, coming in and, and trying to slow a 300 pounder that just beat one of your guards is, is not really, you know, particularly helpful. Like Max Protect doesn't do very much, you know, to give you a better chance to, to complete some of those plays. So, um, you know, I think Quinn Ewers really needs to show some some mental toughness um, in this next week. And, you know, I think he he needs to be able to settle down better um, in games. And, you know, these for all of the, you know, praise that he's really received from, you know, from Sarkeesian for, you know, being even keeled and not getting too high or too low. Um, I thought that his his confidence and just the way that he was carrying himself, the look on his face late in the game, you know, I think it really cratered against TCU. You think about his high school at South Lake Carroll, this is a good point that one of the other burn origination writers brought up was he didn't face a lot of adversity, right? He's been in the same system probably since seventh, eighth grade, a dominant powerhouse program, a lot of blowout victories where he didn't have to have the team. He didn't have to put the team on his back, right? And carry them to the wins. So this is really the first time as a quarterback on any level, he's had to do this. And his first, his last three games compared to the first four games, if you want to include Alabama he hadn't he hadn't had more than 10 incompletions the last three games 
He has. His, his, his completions percentage has not gotten above 58% in the last three games. He's starting to have a lot more adversity, a lot more trouble. And you brought up a good point with just how he looked at the end of that game. He just looked, he looked shocked, right? He couldn't believe how bad he was playing. And I think it's important to remember that it's on the coaching staff, right, to help develop Quinn, to help him through this. He's still a technically supposed to be a true freshman this year, right? He's only played in six, seven games at the college level. He's still working through all the kinks and the growing pains. But your quarterback can't start out 0 for 7, right? You got to find a way, I think, for Sarkeesian to get him more into a rhythm early on. Now, you can point out, well, Worthy had a drop on the, either the first or second possession. Sanders had a drop. That's part of the 0 for 7. The interception, I don't know if that was more on just how he floated that ball or just a, a bad read. But Sark said something today that I thought was interesting where he was asked about all the deep shots and why they can't connect and the viewers should stop throwing them. And Sark was like, well, actually, that's how the, what the play is designed to do. But you brought up the route tree and how Texas, if you notice, they're always in max protect here, right? So you have two two receiver routes. And a lot of the time, the defensive line had a lot of trouble against TCU. So I think it's on the coaching staff here to help Quinn through all these growing pains. Now, leading into that, Wes Scott, do you think Hudson Card should get any playing time going forward or even in the game against TCU? I think there's a pretty strong argument that um, um, that to uh, there's a there's definitely an argument that that card should have had a chance against TCU. Um, you know, I think against Kansas, um, you know, like I said, if if Quinn is going to struggle the same way that he did against TCU, I think um, you know you have to put card in. But you know, the first thing that that Sark has to do is is give him you know give him a pass that he can complete and you know, have him flip it out you know run you know a run pass option so if TCU is you know coming crashing down on on the run then he can he can flip it out and then Texas can get some easy yards on the perimeter as an extension of the running game and just uh you know much too slow to do that I'm not sure why you know it, it took until the second half yeah. uh, to make that I mean that's a that's a pretty simple basic adjustment um that that a coach um, who's as well regarded as an offensive mind as as Steve Sarkeesian should be able to make uh, much earlier. I wonder if he has anyone on the sideline or in the booth, anyone that can come to him during the game and say, hey, this isn't working or we should try this kind of. I don't know how much Gary Patterson is involved with Pete Kwiatkowski and maybe the media and the fans overhype it. But, you know, I see Patterson on the sideline, right? And there's some communication going on with PK, and I'm sure he's helping PK out. And look how great the defense has played. But for the offense, is there anyone Sark has that can talk to him about these adjustments? Because like you mentioned, I mean, once Texas started going out, to the boundaries and, and hitting Jay wet. It was like, Oh, that's right. We do have Jordan Winnington. I mean, only three Quinn only had three completions to three different receivers. TCU had 10. If you want to include Max Duggan after he threw the ball off of Tavondre sweat and caught it, it's 11, but 10 compared to three. And we've talked about it all season long with the deep plays and how the shots aren't working and how yours hasn't, you know, doesn't have a connection with anyone outside of Sanders and Worthy. But it feels like the last three games, Westcott, instead of progressing as a quarterback, Quinn is regressing. And I'm curious how much of that is on Quinn and needing to clean up his footwork. And maybe there's just too much going on from at the moment compared to the coaching staff needs to help him out a little bit more. Yeah, I think after an offensive performance uh, like that one, you know, against 
TCU. I mean, 44%, you know, completion percentage for Quinn. Uh, there's enough blame to go around. And, um, you know, I believe that it's AJ Milwe, the quarterback's coach, uh, who's up in the box. So, you know, he would be the guy that, you know, the eye in the sky that that needs to identify those type of things, uh, share that with, you know, with Stark. Um, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how much ability and how, you know, how strong Milwe is at doing that type of thing. Um, he did spend a, a few years as the offensive coordinator um, at Akron before he got hired as an offensive assistant in Alabama where Sark met him. Um, you know, but I, he was one of the youngest coordinators and, you know, yeah. in the FBS at the time of his hire, um, he was let go after the 2018 season. Um, you know, so there were, you know, at least some growing pains for him, but you know, for as simple as some of these adjustments that we're talking about making, that's, you know, something that, that Millweed needs to be able to identify and, and convey to Sarkeesian if he's, you know, the guy that, that has that, you know, perspective uh, to be able to notice those things. We're uh, one more bad half away, I think, from Hudson Card having to come in. Uh, at least, at least not even as the starter going forward, but, you know, just give yours a break because sometimes quarterbacks, need that right they just need a series or two off we see it all the time at clemson i mean that was pointed out after clubnick came in that's what texas fans were hollering after the oklahoma state game if it's if it's if he's not getting any better i don't see why you wouldn't turn the hudson card and it seems like maybe it has to do with last season's quarterback controversy with casey thompson and hudson card and maybe sark was you know maybe sark made some mistakes through that and now he's trying to overcorrect himself with this quarterback situation yeah, um, you know, certainly things didn't, you know, play out in an ideal fashion last year, having to bench card, um, you know, after that game, um, you know, in Arkansas, the second game of the season. Um, but I think, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, Hudson Card played played at a at a um, you know pretty high level when he was in early in the season um, when Quinn was hurt. And so, you know, I think the the improvement that he showed and the competency um, that he showed, you know, especially in, in, you know, being pretty efficient, being able to create passes, you know, again, he wasn't a guy that was, you know, hitting the deep ball either. So, um, yeah. you know, bringing Hudson Card in probably doesn't, you know, fix that particular problem in the Texas offense, you know, the, the real limiting fashion, uh, the, the real limiting element of, of the offense that's, you know, allowing opponents to really load the box and, and be able to, you know, take away the run, um, you know, against TCU, it was in, you know, it was throughout the game and other games, it, it's been more, uh, largely in the second half, um, but yeah, I think uh, definitely something this week that um, you know that maybe you know giving Card you know a few reps with the the first team offense uh, this week in practice just to ensure uh, that if he does go in the game that um, you know it's fair to him and that he's he's actually prepared to play. How impressed were you with the Texas defense on Saturday? The Texas defense was phenomenal. You know, from from just the first play of the game, I mean, just a number of really impressive performances. And, you know, overall, uh, Texas had uh, 14 tackles for loss, five sacks. That's the most sacks uh, that they had since um, I believe it was the 2019 game against Iowa State. Um, so several years since they've had that many sacks in the game, they're getting just a ton of pressure on Max Duggan. And I thought that really, uh, you know, made him a little bit jittery in the pocket early in the game. Um, you know, some really just 
incredible individual performances. DeMarvian Overshone was great. 11 tackles, uh, half sack. Uh, Today, Barron was really dominant on the perimeter, almost single-handedly took away everything that the TCU was trying to do uh, mm-hmm. with their perimeter screen game to their wide receivers, trying to get Darius Davis the ball, really dangerous uh, playmaker with you know, really legitimate track speed for the Horned Frogs. Uh, Barron had three and a half tackles for loss, had the fumble recovery and uh, the scoop and score there. Uh, they gave Texas a little bit of hope late. Uh, Baron Sorrell, 11 tackles as well, uh, tied with, with Baron and, and Overshone for the lead. Uh, one and a half sacks for him, three total tackles for loss. Jalen Ford, nine tackles, uh, half tackle for loss. Ogie Oghofu, half tackle for loss, two ta- uh, half sack, two tackles for loss. Ryan Watts, uh, two tackles for loss and a sack for him. He was really dominant on the perimeter once again. Um, you know, just a lot of really good performances uh, for Texas. Uh, strong performances on special teams as well. Um, Keaton Crawford had a blocked field goal early in the game that was worth three points. Um, strong tackles on on kickoff return coverage yeah. and punt return on Davis. Again, really dangerous in those phases as well. Um, unfortunately, you know, they they came, you know, close to blocking a couple punts and. You know, I think the the TCU punter came into the game. I don't know if this was something that Sonny Dykes was talking to his punter about, but uh, man, that dude was going down like he was shot after he was kicking those punts. And you know, I I wasn't able to really tell on the broadcast, but you know, I thought there's some chatter about Sonny Dykes really working the officials after some of those. And you know, so they try to go for that pump block late in the game. Uh, TCU punter straight up flops on it, ends up kicking DeMarvin Overshone in the head with his plant leg, uh, which was, you know, kind of demonstrating that, you know, he he certainly had enough room to come down and, and certainly wasn't, you know, roughing the kicker, just, uh, you know, ridiculous call from the officiating crew, but, you know, just uh, some just, you know, completely garbage Bush league maneuvering by TCU to, to try to pick up those calls. I really don't have any respect for that at all, but it paid off for him late. There was a flag earlier in the game for, I believe it was, it was not called, but almost was running to the kicker, right? And ended up being a penalty on, on Texas, but it was holding on the punt return. So they came close. He came close to drawing that flag the entire game. Yeah. And that, and that one was the right call. Keaton Crawford kind of crashed into him. Yeah. Like that, that one. And you know, that time, I mean, he was, he was, the same way he was going down, but you know that was definitely uh, definitely running the probably you know legitimate argument that it was actually roughing the kicker. So just kind of a I thought you know Demo came close to being to blocking that punt, but you know with how that punter was going down all game, I, I think it was just too much of a risk for Texas. Not not really a huge fan of that call from Jeff Banks. Yeah, and what hurt was Texas, or I'm sorry, TCU would go on and and score off a you know a missed a blown assignment to go up 17-10, and that was that was pretty much or sorry 17-3, which was pretty much the dagger in the game. Despite I thought one of the best defensive performances from a Texas defense since the Alabama game. Yeah, uh, you know certainly one of the best against an extremely good offense. That's that's a really good yeah. TCU offense, really balanced. Uh, experience you see the explosiveness uh from Ken Derrick Miller you know Diamante Tucker Dorsey didn't really scrape on that play uh effectively to, to get into that outside gap uh Jaron Thompson took an awful angle ended up running himself into uh wide receiver I think maybe Savion Williams who was blocking Ryan Watts uh then Miller was off to the races on that 75 yard touchdown run 
Um, you know, it looked like there's a miscommunication between Terrence Brooks and Anthony Cook on on that uh, Quinn Johnson uh, touchdown that you're referencing after the uh, the uh, roughing the kicker penalty that extended that drive for TCU. Uh, just a huge play in the, in that game. Uh, but you know, with the Sean Jamison out with the concussion, I thought Terrence Brooks played really well. Um, yeah. You know, considering you know he looked really lost in the spring game. Um, he got passed by you know Austin Jordan when Austin Jordan came on in the summer uh but i really didn't notice uh, brooks at all in, in coverage um i thought he played you know a really strong game that's good to, for texas you know to have him come on i think austin jordan needs a little bit more time to develop uh but you know brooks one of the most talented players in the class huge flip from ohio state last year on early signing day um you know the other thing defensively that that I thought, you know, was a little bit frustrating in the midst of a, a really strong day from Barron. Um, you know, Texas was trying to get the ball back late. You know, TCU kind of in their four-minute drill, um, you know, had a third down. I think it was a third and six. And Barron just, uh, you know, allowed Quinn Johnson to push him push him past the sticks and was able to catch a, you know, a slant, really easy, you know, slant route to, to convert that first down. And, you know, in that situation – you know, you have to be playing sticky in coverage. You can't give up inside leverage. Um, you certainly can't allow them to get, you know, within a yard of the sticks without, you know, driving on the football before it's thrown. So, you know, just a, a lack of situational awareness, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a breakdown in technique there. Uh, but for as well as, as, as Baron played in that game, you know, that's a play where, you know, he has to be in position um, and, and give himself a chance to to break that pass up. And, you know, Texas might have had a chance, you know, for a remarkable comeback, you know, maybe send the game into overtime, you know, see what happens. But that was, you know, after he had made that that fumble recovery and scored, that was, you know, really the big chance for Texas, um, you know, to really, you know, pull a game out of uh, out of the dumpster there late. So putting this loss into perspective before the season, you said eight and fours on the table. You probably take it if you're going to say you're going to lose to number four TCU, a top 25 Oklahoma State team. You probably take it. Now, having said that, is it fair to believe that West Scott, despite how how ugly and how maybe even pathetic these losses have been? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if there's any. Maybe the All, Alabama game. Losses, you can argue the Texas should have won. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the postgame win expectancy in the TCU game was for Texas. I would think it was extremely low, um, you know, given their the lack of um, of success offensively. Um, so I don't I don't know that there's ever, you know, I guess the Alabama game was maybe the rare loss that um, you know felt like a, a little bit of a moral victory for a lot of people. Um, you know, I think you know when you when you when you look at it, if uh, I think it, the full assessment of the season. Um, you know, it's really going to depend on whether Texas can win these last two games, uh, games that Texas should win, uh, games that they need to win, um, you know, to be able to, to build some momentum. I think, you know, winning those games will, will have some, you know, impact on recruiting, a big missed opportunity in that regard with, um, you know, even a lot, you said, you know, a lot of kids from Texas, some national kids as well, including the nation's top tight end, Deuce Robinson. Um, but I, you know, I think when I, when, um, you know, I look back on the most frustrating losses, I mean, you know, extremely high post-game win expectancy, over 98% against Texas Tech, a team that, you know, 
played a good game against Kansas last weekend. Otherwise, hasn't been very good since they beat Texas. Oklahoma State has certainly cratered uh, with that shoulder injury of, of Spencer Sanders really hurting them. Um, you know, so those were those were two games that, that Texas, you know, really needed to win. You know, I think, um, you know, close in the Alabama game and, and just – you know, didn't play well on offense against TCU. And I mean, that was, that was a deserved result, you know, for the Horned Frogs with how they played defensively. Yeah. TCU an an incredible win for them. When you put it into perspective too, on the road night game, really cold, great atmosphere for Texas to go in there and win it right after being ranked number four, despite being a touchdown underdog. That's a big win for Sony Dykes and looking at the post win, expectancy looks like pregame it was 73 percent west scott and texas still had a 51 percent win probability with seven minutes left to go in the third quarter but after uh, texas had the punt from their own 46 yard line that's when it flipped to tcu's favor and and stayed tcu yeah certainly you know an opportunity for texas you know that that touchdown run by by Miller was huge with the inability of, of Texas to really move the football. You know, if they can get him on the ground that play, then, um, you know, they're in a position to, you know, with the, some of the offensive adjustments um, that they made, you know, I thought that there were, you know, some missed opportunities for for Quinn Ewers um, in the red zone a little bit, you know, relying on, on Jatavian Sanders as a security blanket and not really, you know, going through his progressions. There's a wheel route uh, to Bijan Robinson, um, you know, when they kicked the field goal on that drive. Um, and then there was, uh, you know, he tried the fourth down, um, you know, late when they didn't end up scoring, he kind of threw it up to Sanders in the end zone. And if he had, uh, you know, gone through, gone to his next read, uh, you know, Worthy was breaking open in the back of the end zone. So, um, you know, some some misses there in, in progression for Quinn Ewers. We have seen him be able to go through his progressions. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, when you see that, that type of uh, predetermination late in the game, I think, you know, it just goes down to, uh, his his lack of confidence and just um, you know letting uh, just letting the game get away from him a little bit mentally. These last two games are big for both yours and Sark. I think Texas fans want to see some improvement going forward. Any other thoughts before we wrap up, Wes Scott? Yeah, I think if you look across the country, um, you know Drake May is playing at you know an incredible level for for North Carolina. I mean that guy's. That guy's a legitimate superstar. Uh, but, you know, when you go down the the list of other quarterbacks uh, that are either redshirt freshmen or true freshmen, uh, there aren't very many that are that are contributing, uh, you know, really, um, you know, less than, you know, a handful who are contributing at, at the level that, that Quinn Ewers is. And, um, you know, certainly with, you know, all of the accolades and, and the recruiting rankings um, and, and, you know, all of the talent that that's so obvious, um, yours doesn't really fit in the same category as some of these other quarterbacks. Um, but just for other kids who are, you know, in, in his age group, um, you know, what he's doing is still, um, you know, better than what most of the quarterbacks around the country who are his age are, are accomplishing right now. So, you know, I think that's something to, to keep in perspective as he goes through uh, struggles as a young quarterback. Yeah. One guy I think you can kind of compare him to would be Jalen Milrow, Alabama. And he, he struggled a lot early on, and obviously Bryce Young is back. But when he was filling in, he he had some a lot a lot of turnovers, a lot of freshman mistakes, and 
there is growing pains with viewers, no doubt. And just gonna have to, you know, work through it. Well, that's one thing that covered pretty much everything from Saturday's game. Um, we'll be back to preview hard. the Kansas really, Jayhawks really hard. on Wednesday. I guess we'll see you then, boss. Here's.